Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed at episode number 241. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm in some pain today. So how'd you hurt your back? I threw my back out. Well, bending over time, my shoe. <laughs> Got up Monday morning and I just went was bending down and just did something wrong. Of course, I've had back problems since I sprained it when I was about 18 because I used to deliver furniture. And you used to deliver furniture? I did. <laughs> one, of the, one of the many jobs. <laughs> Figured he sprained it breakdancing uh, or on the job as a cop. The doctor warned me that I would have some scar tissue build up in there, and he was sure right because once every few months. I'd, it's funny how doctors are <laughs> randomly right even, about even, even almost 20 years ago. Usually knew. on the money with he things knew. like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's just forever bothered me. But the Monday morning was whatever I did. I just bent the wrong way, and it just ah. And then we walked around, which we'll talk about a little bit, bit more, a little more about later. But we walked around all day Monday, and as long as I was up walking around, it was okay. I still had some discomfort. But last night I went home and went to bed. And woke up this morning, and I was oh, so knotted up, and then I was having trouble all day at work. And then tonight it's a little better, but. I'm afraid now I'm going to go bad and won't be able to get up again. <laughs> Mine did that about two weeks ago. Mine just tightened up on me and just painful, hurt, ache, sore, got up, couldn't move, had to go to work anyway. Mm. You know. So if I'm wiggling around over here groaning, it's, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you one of those traction boards we could strap you into and just put the microphone down in yeah. front of you. <laughs> I, I, wanna, Make you stand I need up to go find my back brace. Sometimes that helps if I wear it. You put some push, you know, pressure oh, yeah. on the lumbar. Do you want a pillow? No, I do not want a pillow. That does not help. <laughs> I'd rather have the flat, straight back of this chair. That's much more <laughs> my taste. I'm well other than that. It's, it's, it was, it's been, been a good weekend. John, what did you do? What did you do this week leading up to the weekend? Um, what did we do this week? We watched um, High Road to China, which I'd never seen. It's just Tom Selleck? The Tom Selleck one. It's just kind of one of those 80s movies that I've always passed over and thought, well, these days I'm going to watch that. And I never got to it. And this weekend happened to be the, oh, we're going to watch High Road to China. And we watched it. And um, it's okay. It's some, Somewhere in there is a great action flick dying to be remade. Hmm. Didn't quite get there. But you know who's in it? <laughs> Brian Blessed. Oh! I forgot about that. I want to say we watched something else, but I don't remember what it was. It must not have been. Oh, we, we finally knocked out Eagle Eye. That one from... Couple, Shia LaBeouf movie? Yeah, the Shia LaBeouf movie. It's kind of been one of those that's been on the radar for a while, and we're trying to knock out some of the ones that, you know, it's all right. It's a decent... Some of the ones you picked up cheap and... Yeah. On, on, one, one on of those. That you haven't watched. One of those that's been on the shelf forever that we've never watched. It's a decent enough action flick, but there's so many little things wrong with it that it's just kind of like, all right, I'm glad we've seen it. And I looked at Mel and I was like, do we need to keep this one? She says, nope. It's <laughs> okay. I watched Lucy last night. Oh, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. It wasn't the movie, action it? flick that it was that was promised. It was much more cerebral. Yeah. Oh, so not I Love Lucy. Not I Love oh, Lucy. Oh. Not maybe the Lucy watched, show. I thought maybe you were watching the old Lucille Ball <laughs> television nah, show. I've seen quite a few of those, so. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really enjoyable. And we also watched uh Sarah and I watched Terminator Two Judgment Day, which was her first viewing. And she fell asleep. <laughs> How do you fall asleep in that she was one? Really of, all, of all movies. Well, we watched. We did watch the uh, special edition. So I might go watch Salvation after we go see Genesis. It's not a big rush for me. Like I said, it's 
it's, it's, it's a better movie than I remember it being. Yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed it. The big thing I did this week was I had an invader in my house. <laughs> so I'm sitting there on the couch. I can't believe you killed it. I didn't. Did you see the meme Sarah posted uh-uh. in response to my, I didn't intend to kill it. It's, it was Dobby. Of Dobby didn't mean to kill. Dobby only meant to maim. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what she keeps thinking of when I say I didn't mean to kill it. So I'm sitting there on the couch Thursday night thinking about packing it and going to bed, playing Lego Hobbit because I'm nearly done. I'm done now, but I was nearly done then. And something swoops over my head. And I, what the heck was that? Was it a giant moth? Was it a bird? What? And I get up and look around, and there's a bat flying around in my house. So I, I, I start freaking out. Sarah's asleep. This is like 1.45 in the morning. <laughs> I'm dealing with this bat invasion. Now, in my head, when you say start freaking out, what what pops into my head is Beeper from... me. <laughs> <laughs> And the hands are kind of going up in the air. Not beeper. quite. Who's Beeper? Who's, who's the... Beaker. 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 Not, okay. not, not quite to that level. I tried to keep quiet, you know, <laughs> so I didn't wake Sarah. Um, so I... Was, <laughs> a little bit. Kind of close. Uh, and start racking my brain. Okay, how am I going to get this out of my house? So I kind of... I try to shoo it back towards the back door and open the back door and try to get it to go out. It doesn't want to go out, so it's going back to the living room. So... I kind of work my way back through the house, turning on all the lights, and we have a door, thankfully, to our hallway from the dining room. So I close that to make sure it didn't get off to the rest of the house. And I'm trying to shoo it out the front door now. Hold the door open. Come on, get out, get out, get out. The second one swoops in. <laughs> from the outside? From the outside. <laughs> so I so promptly close the door. Out. Promptly after more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm like, holy crap, how, what am I going to do? How am I going to get rid of this thing? Much Muppet swearing. <laughs> I can't obviously shoo them out because more will just come in. And I'm racking my brain. We don't have a tennis racket. We don't have a baseball bat. How am I going to get rid of this, these bats? You don't have a butterfly net handily available we, at your house? We don't have a butterfly net. We don't have a fishing net. We have nothing. No sports equipment in this house at all. How about a pillowcase? <laughs> I didn't think of a bag or a pillowcase. <laughs> Later, I thought, oh, I probably wouldn't have killed it if I would have used a Dylan's bag. <laughs> but catching it might have been a little harder. Here's, here's the fun part of the story. What did you grab, Keith? <laughs> well, I, I thought back to when I when we moved in and <laughs> Blake brought over his Anakin the Skywalker and we traded it for season five of Doctor Who. <laughs> so I grabbed my Anakin. Like a permanent trade? A DVD copy, yeah. Really? I have blue right now. Ah, it, that's it, a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> he he had gotten the Force Effects lightsaber for free, so he didn't, and he got his new really nice one. So he was like, I'm not going to use it. So here you guys go. And Sarah wanted it, so so I grabbed the Force Effects lightsaber. You know what that means? It means we have three of them. Please now. tell me you lit it up. I was really tempted. I was a little afraid it was going to be too loud and wake up Sarah. Oh. <laughs> But that's the key okay, part of the story awesome. I needed to hear. <laughs> I, I, I was this close to doing it, and I thought, no, I don't wake up, Sarah. <laughs> you have Missed one it. chance in your life to wade into battle. I still wielding a lightsaber, a lightsaber and you didn't turn it on. I'm still wielding a lightsaber, swinging a blade the size of a quarter at a bat. <laughs> 
And I'm thinking, great, I'm going to stand here 20 minutes swinging at this thing. Three swings. Now this is the, the this force is, was with me. Wow. This is the part of the story. <laughs> Hang on, before you get to this, this is the part of the story. But interrupting the parts of the story, let him tell it. No, this is the part of the story where he says this, and what jumps into my head is that scene in Back to the Future when he gets into the alternate timeline, climbs in the window, and the dad comes at him with the bat and starts knocking everything. In the room over. <laughs> That's luckily, what I picture. Luckily, but it was tell a your bad. story. It was a bit more like Leonard, just in The Big Bang Theory, just not with it light up. I was kind of just walking and. I, I take a couple swings. I miss. I think I might have whiffed it on the second one. <laughs> and then the third one. Whack! Bam! <laughs> the bat's on the floor and it's there twitching. <laughs> so I want to get it out quickly before, in, in case I just stunned it, it starts flying around again. <laughs> so I probably not wisely. If you lit the lightsaber, it wouldn't stun it. <laughs> it's true. I grab it real quickly and throw it outside with my bare hand. Touching it as little as possible. Of course, I go and wash it after I figure out where the second bat's gone. Because it's seen what I did with it to a friend. <laughs> so it goes into hiding. Like, damn, Dave, you okay, man? <laughs> oh, man, he's dead. <laughs> Luckily, I see its little head sticking up above the PlayStation. So we got our mantle. I just wanted to play a game. <laughs> we got our DVDs on the shelf, and at the end of it's the PlayStation next to it, so it can go up. It was behind the PlayStation. So I very quickly go get a Dylan's bag, Chewing turn on the it power inside cables. out, and pick up poop, and stick it back there, and grab it, and fight with it in the bag, and then let it loose outside. Problem solved. That's my bat story. Yeah, but the next day you went out and took a picture of the dead one that you had clocked. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> nobody one. would have believed him if he didn't <laughs> exactly. have that. <laughs> exactly. I was in the shower the next day and I was like, I should have taken a picture of it on the floor. No one's going to believe this story. <laughs> and so I, I went outside and I thought, well, maybe it'll be there. If, if, if it's dead, obviously it might be there or the cats, neighborhood cats will come and eat it. <laughs> or it'll get up and fly away, and I, I no evidence. You know no, what you should have done? There. You should have spread it, mounted, spread it <laughs> on the door as a warning to all other bats. I think the one that I, I got free is now spreading the word that don't go to that house. <laughs> he kills you with a lightsaber. <laughs> of course, then I went through the entire house, aside from the bedroom, checking to make sure there weren't bats anywhere. Wow. I don't know how the bat got in. I'm telling myself. And through the belfry. <laughs> I'm telling Your house myself. is old enough, you may have a belfry. <laughs> I'm telling myself that it swooped. Sarah came home later than normal that night. And so I'm just telling myself it swooped in in the night when she opened the door like the other the one night. did. And just snuck in real quick. What you're not telling her is that it probably rode in on her back and she didn't realize it was Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we are lucky Sarah was not awake. She would have been out of there and she. <laughs> You can burn the house down. I don't care. I'm done. <laughs> so we're going to call an exterminator out to make sure there's none hanging out. or your if, belfry. If, if, because we do have an attic. And <laughs> Sarah was freaking out after I told her about it because her because we've occasionally seen droppings in the attic and don't know what it's from, if it's a mouse. Or her Ooh. mom thought it was a bat. Guano. <laughs> mom might have had the right answer. I don't know if what bat guano looks like. In person, I don't. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I need to look it up. But 
I, I went up, and the next night I went up with a flashlight, checked the dark corners of the attic, and didn't see anything. So now, now that you've told this story, did you take the lightsaber about with you? Killing <laughs> the bat. What did Adi tell Sarah the following day? Adi said, "Oh, uh, oh, what? What? The, he's that's are good. Very matter, matter, matter of factly, it probably didn't mean to hurt you, or didn't want to hurt you. Uh, brown bats eat mosquitoes." Black bats are vampire bats, but they only feed on animals and fields, so it, it probably didn't mean to, it mean any harm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I, I saw that picture, and I said, "My first thing was, you killed it." I did not intend on killing it. Poor bat. I was also panicking because it was 2 o'clock in the morning. You wielded a lightsaber. Exactly what did you intend I to thought, do with it? I, did not, I never actually thought I would hit it. Well, if, he'd, if he'd had a tennis racket, it would have been even worse. <laughs> There's lots of contact there. I, <laughs> I played baseball as a as a youngster. I never hit the ball. I didn't expect to hit this. Um, oh, yeah. Eight year old Keith came out and went. Finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Hey, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. It was just bad pitches. <laughs> uh, can you think of the irony, though, of beating a bat with a bat? I know. <laughs> bat attack. And ironically, I'm in this house so far, I'm the only one that I must be drawing the creatures to me because I've had a mouse encounter. Sarah has not. A couple of roaches I've had encounters with. Sarah has not. Where did you move to? Good lord. <laughs> Apparently a house that... Well, the house was empty for months before we moved into it. So all these animals oh, kind of yeah. took refuge. <laughs> and now we're shooing them out. I, uh, If any of our listeners are um, video game coders, here's what I want. <laughs> I, I want I want a little 8-bit video game. Eh, maybe 16. I don't know. Where you get to play as Keith, wielding a lightsaber, being attacked by bats. <laughs> I'll send you uh, pictures of my just, living just a, room so you can even get it. Just, just a little side scroller, you know, <laughs> up and down, back and forth. It could be like Home Alone, just that backdrop <laughs> and just with you a bat lightsaber. Oh, wow. Most eventful uh, several months in a house I've ever had. What'd you do this week, Glenn? <laughs> Well, we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We left on Saturday morning, and we drove down, which is about almost a almost a four hour trip. It's about three hours and fifty some minutes. And on the way is a little town called Independence, Kansas. And so we stopped in there, and well, we stopped there and got. I think we got. Oh, we stopped there and got lunch at uh, another big cheese pizza. <laughs> Where's this at? Independence, Kansas. So there's at least two in the state. Independence is how far south? Uh, Just about 20 minutes from the border of Oklahoma. Not even that far. Too far. We were ecstatic. We were like, oh, big cheese, yay. And it's downtown, and it's not its own building. It's in, like, the downtown Mm. buildings. And pretty nice little joint. So we stopped in there. A whole block of downtown Independence. We we love big big cheese pizza. Oh, it's so good. Um, And then... uh, on our way out of town, there's a little place called uh, the Little House in the Prairie, and what it is is it's a there's a log cabin there on a little strip of land, and a little schoolhouse, and a little post office, and an old country house, 
And the little log cabin is actually just a replica of the cabin that lo- the actual Laura Ingalls Wilder, who is the subject of the Little House on the Prairie TV series, but this is actually the real one that wrote the books. And she lived in a house similar to this. This isn't the exact same house. But the tract of land that it sits on was actually owned at one time by Charles Ingalls. Who, where oh. they, so that's where the house would have actually been. <clears throat> and so we stopped there and we looked at it. And they've got a quaint little schoolhouse there that is an actual schoolhouse from, from that time. And a little post office. I think I, all of this, I think, has been relocated to this area. I don't think anyone actually was there on that land. But they moved it there as part of the attraction. And then uh, they have a little, they have an old family farmhouse there that I think has always been there. And it now has been converted into like a gift shop and store. And that's where you go in and pay your admission. It's like $3 for adults, $1 for kids. So it's it's pretty cheap. Then we got in and we headed on into Tulsa. When we got into Tulsa, we went ahead and went straight to the uh, Oklahoma Aquarium. Which is kind of a nice aquarium. I I think the one in Kansas City is just a little bit better. Have you guys been to the Kansas City Aquarium? Mm-hmm. The okay. Sea Life. It's a little bit. I think I like the Sea Life Aquarium because it's laid out better. But the Oklahoma one's quaint. It's pretty neat. Uh, it's pretty good size, too. It's probably a little bigger than the Kansas City one. But it's doesn't have as many, to me, it didn't have as many good fish displays, like Sea Life mm-hmm. displays. But it was neat because it has a little... Tank where you can actually touch the starfish, and they have little—I uh, don't remember what they were called—silver dollar something fish. So we did that, and we finished that up, and then we went ahead and went to our hotel because that was kind of the, the we were just going to do that for Saturday. And our hotel, we sp- stayed at the Wyndham Wyndham Tulsa, which it had. The reason we stayed at this hotel because it has this swimming pool. Actually, it has two. It has an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. The outdoor pool is just kind of a normal generic pool. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, in fact, it's not any deeper than five feet, so you can't dive in any of it. But it's the perfect size for Caitlin and Mason now that he's been swimming. He can actually tread in it. So inside, though, they have a little aquatic center that has one of those little, like, toad sli- slides. It actually has a tube slide in there. Oh, yeah. It has the obstacle thing where you walk from pad to pad. And it has the rope above you. You can walk. It's got the little water cannon. So it's kind of a mini splash park, or not splash park, uh, aquatic park, you know, mm. it's, it's not a full, uh, it's like a Coco Keys, but smaller. Yeah. Much smaller, much smaller. That was it. Saturday night. That was, we kind of wrapped it up Saturday night, Sunday, we got up and went to this place that's actually called the center of the universe. And it's this weird, strange anomaly that was just, it was not designed or built to do this at all, but there's a little pedestrian bridge that goes over the railroad tracks in downtown Tulsa and it's right next to I think it's a, a jazz center and it used to be a depot but they've turned converted into a jazz center but right next to it is this bridge and on this bridge there's this circle on the ground and when you stand in it if you stand anywhere else and say any, anything out of your mouth yell oh, loud okay. whatever it sounds normal you go to this one spot, this circle that's probably the diameter of it's no more than 24 inches, two feet across, all, in, all the way around the circle. And it, there's this strange anomaly of, of audio that makes it sound like, makes your voice sound like you're speaking into a microphone and it ba- all the audio bounces back to you. But if you're standing there talking, the people around you don't hear the audio, but you hear it standing Anything? right in that spot. 
Huh? You, they don't hear anything? Well, they hear you, oh, but, but they don't but hear that. Amplified. They don't hear that. Uh, it's not even like it's amplified. It's more kind of an echo. Mm-hmm. Your voice bounces back to you from all directions, so it sounds like you're standing inside a little echo chamber. Huh. And it only happens in this one spot. And it's just amazing. They've actually had audio specialists go there and study this to try to figure out what's doing this, and they've really never came to any sort of conclusive decision of what causes this effect. We went to the mall, Tulsa Wood Hills Mall, I think it's what it's called. And spent some time at the mall, had dinner, and then went back to the pool, went back to the (laughs) hotel and swam some more. And then that night we went to the Admiral Twin Drive-In Theater, and we saw, because the kids, they didn't even know what a drive-in theater was. (laughs) They had no idea, and I hadn't been to one since I was very young. And we saw Fantastic Four. And this is an old drive-in theater where you pull your car up on the little hump. Now, fortunately, now you don't have to drag the little speaker in off the you hook. You know, program the radio. You program your radio. And that, the, that is the best way <laughs> to listen to a movie is in your, your own stereo yeah. system in your car. It's so immersive. Unfortunately, it's outdoors and it's a big, giant screen, so the projection isn't the best. So you're, visually, it's not the best. But we saw Fantastic Four, and then following that was Minions. And I'll give you a little mini-review of Fantastic Four. How was Fan4Stick? I think <laughs> it's a little better than, giving, than the reviews are getting for it. But it really suffers from very, being very boring and tedious with the big action climax at the end, which was pretty good. But the, they strike three as far as <laughs> the Fantastic Four goes. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a tremendous movie. I, it was fine. It was enjoyable for what it was. I, w- I, didn't, I wasn't going to seek out this movie. In fact, we thought we were seeing Pixels and Minions this weekend, which obviously from the reviews, Pixels wasn't any better. <laughs> but th- a because, little bit, actually. Because Fantastic Four came out this weekend, they, they managed to get it. So mm. they swapped it out kind of last minute. We found out. I think actually we didn't find out until Saturday that it was going to be Fantastic oh. Four. And then after that was Minions, which is... I'm quite surprised. I really genuinely thought you would come back and be one of those. No, it's much better than everybody's giving it credit for. It's not yeah, much better. Would... It's slightly better than everybody's giving it credit for. Because I've got a couple of friends that have said that, that it doesn't deserve the bad rap. But it they doesn't. will admit that as the movie goes on, you can definitely see where it takes that left turn, where it's like you were going this direction with this while all of a sudden do we go... It, I don't even think it takes a left turn. It's just so... that there, There's like... It's only 100 minutes. So that's just an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it... it The acting is good. The, act, the, the kids did a great job. The, the actors in this did a fantastic job. It, fantastic. Um, <laughs> The story just suffers from you they, – they spend so much time developing these characters but not as a team, as individuals. And then they've got this big climactic action but there's not enough action in it to be compelling for the whole film. So it's just – it's really dry and boring and then when you finally get to the big payoff – it's over in like seven minutes. I mean, there's all really only about seven or eight minutes of action. And so it's like they just, the story really suffers. There's no dynamic, I think, is what we, mm-hmm. we landed on. There's no dynamic between the characters. Um, but anyway, following that, the kids just have a wonderful time. They actually sat on uh, folding chairs outside in front of the car, and we had taken a little FM radio with us. So they listened to it and watched both films outside the car while Holly and I were inside. So it was, that was kind of neat. 
So then, of course, because we did the double feature and it doesn't start until sundown, we didn't get out back until really late. So we kind of slept in Sunday morning, or uh, that was Sunday night. So we slept in Monday morning a bit, and we just our last thing we were going to do was um, the Incredible Pizza Company, which we did something similar to this when we went to Nebraska last year, which is called the Amazing Pizza Machine. <laughs> this is essentially the same thing. What it is is it's a it's a large buffet pizza place that has an indoor amusement park, pretty for the most mm-hmm. part. For the most part, it's it's arcade, but they also have what are called attraction rides. So they have our attractions, which they have laser tag, mini golf, uh, bowling. Oh, so it's power play. Whatever that is. You've never been to power play. Never been to power play. It's kind of like an adult version of Chuck E. Cheese. See, this is this is not adult for. I mean, this is well, it's strictly it's, geared it's, towards it's, kids. It's not both. Dave and Buster's adult where they serve beer at all. I mean, they, I guess they do have a bar technically back at the bowling alley. Yeah, but no, it's, this it's, is it's, this is really yeah. kid focused and kid oriented, but. We got there at about 11 o'clock. We just skipped breakfast and decided we'll just go there and eat. And then we thought, oh, we'll spend about two hours here. (laughs) We were there for six hours. Oh, wow. So because the kids, we bought them two hours worth of video games and ten prize games. So prize games are like anything you win tickets on that you can win later. And then with that purchase, they got six attractions. So they could do laser tag mini golf, bowling. They had some rides. They had like a teacup ride there. Mm. Um, they had a, a roller coaster, which was separate. There was a roller coaster and a trampoline park, and those both were separate. But we bought the trampoline park, which was like an additional $5 because we knew the kids would want to do the trampoline. And you could do the trampolines for f- 15 minutes. So we had eaten lunch at 11. And we were get- <laughs> we, after we wrapped up everything, we were getting ready to leave. We thought, it's dinner time. Let's just eat again. I mean, we'd already paid for the buffet. It's all you can eat. We've been here oh, for yeah. six hours. We spent nearly, well, we spent more than 100 bucks on all of us, so we're going to eat again. <laughs> we'll just save that money. We won't eat on the road because we were leaving straight from there because we'd already checked out from the hotel. So we ate. We sat down and ate and went and ate a full <laughs> buffet. Which the nice thing about buffet is if you have pizza and chicken and pasta for lunch, you can have, they have yeah. tacos, they have salad bar. They, you know, there's a, quite a variety of stuff. Yeah. Hot dogs. So we just all had different stuff for dinner, and, and we ate, and then we left, and, and we got back. All right, enough about Tulsa. Before Sounds like you had a good news, time. I think I should thank Sean and Mel for my early, well, not quite early birthday present. No, not anymore. Happy birthday, by the thank way. Thank you. David Banks' autograph on a very nice picture. I Instagrammed and tweeted out. I like it. You're welcome. It, David okay. Banks Instagrammed and tweeted out your picture? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? Wow. I bet you didn't get a real one that was signed. I mean, I can't have anybody sign my Instagram. <laughs> you know what he said when he tweeted it out? Excellent. <laughs> I look forward to getting that on the wall because I'm, I'm going to be hanging a lot of pictures this, this week. So I can now fit that he, in there. He got his fishing line. And my picture rail hooks. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we did this week? Oh, we did something, but we're going to oh, talk yes, about that, that later. That will I be think. coming later. Let's move on to news. First up in news. First up in news, Big Finish is going to release a story involving Django and Lightfoot Yay. meeting Strax. Yay. Yay. That'll be the cool. most logical Big Finish story I could ever think of. <laughs> They're the time period. Right time fit. period. <laughs> Why not? I'm kind of a, dis- a little disappointed that uh, Vastra and Jenny aren't in this too. 
could be a whole five something. The, the, the closest we're ever going to get to a Paternoster <laughs> gang adventure. Yeah. So look forward to that coming out. That's going to be a part of series ten of Jago. Can and you Lightfoot. believe Jago and Life would have gone for ten seasons? Oh, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Now, I mean, I think with Big Finish, I think there's I think only the four stories in a season. Yeah. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah. still but ten yeah. seasons. For these two characters that were one-offs in a story <laughs> from the seventies, impressive, most impressive, most impressive. Also in news, there's been a rumor that circulated. I could have done that for you. That uh, a website, Private Eye, is claiming there's not going to be a full series of Doctor Who in 2016. Now, this is, of course, on the heels, what, a month ago that the BBC said confirm Series 10? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean Series 10 in 2016. And if I remember this correctly, what they were claiming is specifically because of Moffat's dual duties as showrunner for Doctor Who and Sherlock, that the BBC was kind of pushing, let's hurry up and get some Sherlock done. But the production time for Sherlock was going to basically run right up against when... Doctor Who was going to be on yeah. or needing to start. Yeah, because uh, BBC told showrunner Moffat his commitments means uh, there will be no full series. Now, that being said, the BBC has responded <laughs> to these rumors. What did the BBC say? The BBC spokesperson told Digital Spy that no scheduled confirmation for 2016 can be made. <laughs> It's too early to confirm the schedule for the That's future what series when you might be on this something. point, but the new series starts on the September 19th. Yeah, that sounds very... So I wonder if some of this is also just the history of the show, Moffat handing it off eventually. Yeah, we, there, be. There's been a lot of discussion of him leaving. Maybe he'll be... They'll do these specials as a transition... Kind of like they did with Tenet. I see, it's, 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 it's funny that you're automatically assuming there's going to be a year of specials then. Because well, that's, 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 that's not been that's reported. reported. Right. It's not been reported. But that's I've, what, I've, heard other, I've heard other people jump to that conclusion that, oh, we're going to get a year of specials well, then. It's like, eh. the 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 a direct quote is that there's no full series of Doctor Who in 2016. Not according to Digital Spy, yeah, not according uh, to BBC. According to Doctor Who. Yeah. That, that, that's where people are jumping to that conclusion. Now, the two things you have to consider is it is Private Eye, which is one of these kind of or rag private magazines. Eye, not digital spy. So it's like a um, uh, National Enquirer, yeah, sort of. Inquisitor be or the uh, Daily Mail in the UK. On the, the other tattler. hand, Private Eye did get it right when they said David Tennant was leaving before anybody knew David Tennant was leaving, and they also got the fact that Matt Smith had been hired before anybody else had found out that Matt Smith was hired. So they they have had. A, well, they've also missed some things as well, but they have had a pretty 50-50 track record. So, so they're kind of like me. Every now and then they get an Easter Sunday. Well, you know, because <laughs> your track record's like one in seven. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. What do we think? Do we think, A, that this is plausible? Uh, well, I possible. think, for, I mean, I think uh, Keith's point is valid that if Moffat is ready to hand the reins over, they want to give us a showrunner a year to get ready to get his pieces in place and, and move on. And that's what they did between Russell and, and Steven. So 
I, I don't see them going a full year without Doctor Who. I think it's it does, feasible it be, that they would do a special at the very least, and maybe we a would get special four. at the very least. Maybe we'd get four specials like we did when uh, David Tennant was leaving. So. It, it would almost be incomprehensible for them not to want to have any Doctor Who on in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that this would is be their a... flagship. This is what well, makes them the most money. Also, the uh, other on the thing, BBC worldwide, the other thing that I think maybe causes this rumor to be in flux is the fact that the B, that they're still hammering out in Parliament how much or whether the BBC is even viable anymore. And I think that's partially why they're not willing to commit to season. That is, that's probably true. Twenty sixteen, but. On the flip side of that, this also could be a handover year for BBC America to take full on board because it's doing so well here. BBC Worldwide makes tons of money from it, and BBC America makes tons of money from it from advertising. And they've that I have a feeling. I mean, right now, I think the the, the cash load that's going into these this series now is coming from stateside and not. And, and worldwide, and not necessarily from the BBC proper anymore. And America and so, has proven now with Emmy Award winning or Emmy Award nominated Orphan Black that they can handle it. Yeah, producing so I, show. I think that that, that 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 could also be a handover as far as production goes as well. So I hadn't thought of that. That would be interesting. I wonder if they surely they would keep everything in Cardiff and not and just fund it just fund from, fund the money from who knows? Yeah. Hmm. They, I think that, that that's the most think, logical thing for BBC America is don't don't make it here. Make it there where you've already got the facilities. And if you want to give it that British flavor because that's what they continue to do. I mean, yeah, even to keep BBC that, America yeah. has British – and it has British programming. Even Over Black still has a British feel to it. Yeah. Even though it's even Canadian. Even though it's Canadian. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there that's – are British characters and they that's even went the to idea London though is to, to, to keep that – Flavor that British keep, flavor, just, and that's where a lot of the actors yeah. are is in the UK. So you might as well yeah. keep them. The know. tone of the BBC America original programming right. is very in line with BBC programming. And in a day of digital, when you can transfer scripts and you can transfer audio and you can transfer video, I mean, and then they can be leaked by your well, South America office. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> one other problem. I don't think they'll make that mistake again. Although it is the BBC who did send out the DVDs out long before the last episode. <laughs> I guess, I, like you said, there's nothing. All speculation at this point. We'll yeah, just have yeah, to wait and see. Time. Normally, we don't uh, really report much or discuss rumors, but this one seemed too interesting not to discuss. It, it seems interesting to me that I don't know that you know if, if it's if it's genuinely a a Sherlock problem that that we're, we're we're butting heads with scheduling that. I can't see that backing whose production down from a full season to four specials is really going to help, just because of the nature of how the specials were laid out. If they follow suit. You're still kind of in production year round. You know, you're you're in production and then you release an episode. But while that episode's being released, you're working on the next one, which is going to come out three months down the road. They shot the specials very near to each other. Oh, did they? they? Spaced them out throughout the year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because remember that uh, picture with Dalton and um, uh, John Sims and David Tennant leaked nearly a year before we got time and. End of time. End of time. Parts one and two. I don't remember that one. Yeah, so. yeah that was out a long time before. Of course, that that I was still, uh, I was still seasonal at that point. I was still. You were still seasonal. I, yeah. I was still seasonal. <laughs> I was still a year behind watching right. in in digesting great chunks of who mainlining it until 
Yeah, I want to say that photo came out in like March, and then we didn't get the specials and that that particular special that that picture came from until Christmas. This yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So well, and December. Thinking back to the 50th anniversary year, also we got half a season at the beginning of the year, right? Season half a season seven, nothing for a very long time until Day of the Doctor and then Time of the Doctor. And in that time, at, they f- were able to work on production for Sherlock. And we, at the beginning of the next year, we got Sherlock Season 3. So, I mean, there is um, precedent yeah. for something similar to maybe scale just, back in order to do Oh, so that's, that's a possibility, too, then, is what you're saying, is that maybe it's not even specials. Maybe it's just taking the, the – we're going to still get a full season. They're just going to break it up. It's, you're going to get half of possible. it this year they could push and it half back. of it the following. And do like they did in the press. I got gotcha. you. I like. I, 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 I like to believe Moffat, which I don't often believe Moffat, but I like to believe <laughs> Moffat in, in his statement that they won't be breaking the season up ever again. So because they worked so hard to get it scheduled, so it's in the fall yeah. now. Yeah. So it'd be that was weird. really his purpose was to shift the Doctor Who schedule, and that's what he did. And, and it just happened to work out that he could fit Sherlock in between. Yeah. But the fact that they there was less. For him to do Sherlock helps lend to the idea that if they want more Sherlock, he's going to have to scale back on his Who responsibilities. Yeah. And another possibility that just occurred to me is if they're bringing on a new showrunner at some point, they could dual responsibility the season. That way, Stephen could also free up Stephen to do Sherlock. And we'd still get a full run. That's another option. The problem with with show running and, and specifically show about Doctor Who and specifically Stephen Moffat, I don't see him. <laughs> he doesn't want to play. He yeah, play well I, 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 he plays not, fine with Mark Gatiss, though. Yeah, but I, but not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Gatiss are very good, very close. That's friends. true. Yeah, I, I think it's just more a matter and of both. They both started on it, and it's their baby. Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of he he wouldn't be able to <laughs> delegate that away. Until he was ready to give it up altogether. I don't think he could wean himself off of it. I think he'd have to just quit cold turkey, so to speak, and say, okay, now it's yours, and walk away from it. And I think when he does, I think he'll pull a Russell T. I don't think he'll come back and write any episodes for it, at least not for a while. I think he'll distance himself from who for a good long while, and then maybe come back and write an episode or two. But I I, I think he'll go complete when he leaves. I think so, too. But it's, it's just an idea that had occurred to me. Shall we move on to other let's, news? Let's move on to other uh, news. Fitting, move on to actual news. And fitting with our conversation tonight, uh, we have quite a few guest announcements for various conventions. Uh, starting with Chicago TARDIS. Because it's next? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Isn't remember. Isn't it? I, 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 uh, yeah, it, it would be. Progression-wise, yeah. isn't it the next big one? I, I did not plan Well, not including way. Time Eddie. Not, not counting Ted, because there's been no additions to Time Eddie. But uh, some of the guests for Chicago TARDIS, which I apologize if, we've, if we're repeating. We kind of saved up a bunch, and I don't remember what we've reported and what we haven't. So we're just going to go through the list. Katrin Stewart will be there. That, of course, is Jenny. That's just Jenny. Yay! Gary Russell. Yay! Eve Miles. Yay! Uh, Ross Mullen, who I'm trying to look because I've never recognized this name before. Uh, he has played Silence in the show, so a, a makeup to actor. Oh, okay. Ian McNeese, 
Churchill. Katie Manning. Joe Grant. Tony Lee. Finn Jones. <laughs> I know who Tony Lee is. Another chance to miss Tony Lee. Another chance to miss Tony Lee is what that should read, because he's never at his table. Finn Jones from Sarah Jane Adventures. And Game Katie, of Thrones. And Game of Thrones, but playing Katie Manning's grandson. So hopefully they'll have a nice little panel there. Uh, Jason High Ellery from Big Finish. Bern Gorman. Yay. Samuel Anderson. And Jenna Coleman will be there Saturday only. Ah, that's big news. A nice twofer there. Danny and Clara. Very exciting. Again, Chicago TARDIS is November 27th through the 29th in Lombard, Illinois. That struck me funny. It's a suburb of Chicago. (laughs) Not knowing the suburb of Chicago, it seems like. Actually, if I think, if I remember correctly, it's technically not even a suburb. I think it's geography. yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to go there because <laughs> there, there, Doctor Phil knows where it's at. I'm sure he'd correct me and say no. It's it's over there. <laughs> other guest announcements for other conventions. Uh, Gallifrey One, John. Gallifrey One, of course, is next year in February. If you were lucky enough to score tickets, it is sold out. Uh, for those of us that uh, can't go, but for those of you that are going, they have uh, a second group of confirmed guests coming up, which is as follows. Um, I've got to find where this left off now. Do, 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 do. Uh, Jessica Martin, who starred in The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Uh, she was also the voice of the Queen in Voyage of the Damned. And she's been in a couple of big Finnish productions. Uh, Sarah Dollard, who's a writer for the new series. Uh, Katrin Stewart, uh, again, Madame Vestra. And Colin Baker, who is making the rounds here at uh, the, the U.S. cons, it seems. Yeah. So the Sixth Doctor will be there. And, of course, they have their usual assortment of uh, real guests, and there's an astrophysicist and other writers, etc. So galley shaping up to be a good uh, – you'll have two Doctors again this year because uh, five and six will be there. Yeah. And then uh, L.I. Who – which will be November 13th through the 15th. So it's actually the next one after Time Eddie. That's the next. Oh, that's the next. Okay. So it goes Time Eddie, then L.I. Who, then Chicago Tourist, then Galley. Yeah. All right. Um, Paul McGann will be there. Noel Clark, Katie Manning, Camille Coudry, uh, Caroline Ford, which I think we've reported before, Janet Fielding, Frazier, Wendy Pradbury. And Pradbury. And guest of honor this year will be Derek Sherwin. Ooh. Who was the script editor and producer from 67 to 70. Was very instrumental in some of the most iconic elements in Who history. So he was pretty much the creation of units. He also cast Pertwee. Yeah. He's the one that uh, Terrence Dix took over for. The I movie. believe so. Yes. Yeah. And he was at Galley last year. And he's a very no, nice he, man. He cast John Pertwee. Is that what I said? Uh, I thought you said Drown. No, he cast Pertwee. Oh, okay. He was I responsible for casting Pertwee before he left. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was at Galley last year, and he's a very, very nice man and has wonderful stories to tell, and he really liked Mel's tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> he called her the Painted Lady. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Lots of guests there. And then one final announcement convention-wise, uh, locally, Hopcon. Woo! will be hosting, host, hosting a viewing 
for The Magician's Apprentice, because that is the same weekend, September 19th. Now, the big news on that is that it uh, it's in one of the big ballrooms. It's 150 seats, 150. Is that what they said? I believe that's right. And they will be pulling people who have pre-registered. So that's where that starts. So if you are in the area and you're going to CopCon or thinking about going to CopCon, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can go sit with my people and watch See Doctor Who. On a big screen. Make sure you pre-register because those are the first people that are going to get into this event. Now, I'm sure that you know they'll have... I don't know. Maybe if we have 150 people pre-register, maybe that'll fill up. I don't know. But, you know, if, if it doesn't, then you can get in afterwards. But the first people, first come, first serve are the people who pre-register for your tickets to TopCon. So make sure you do that if you're thinking about it. And we will be there in attendance. We will. And I imagine we'll be there uh, presenting, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. We might, we might have some duties beforehand. I'll push the button. Glenn, you get the lights. <laughs> Keith will bring the popcorn. I can do that. For everybody. For everybody. For 150 people. Just us and 150 of our Thing closest you got friends. Popcorn maker. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to be just, just constantly going. Yeah. <laughs> My arm's tired. Keep him coming. Keep him coming. You'll have to get him a hot pad for his birthday. You haven't got his gift yet, right? You're still working on it? <laughs> get a hot pad. That's it for news. No. Oh, wait. Sean had one more there was one more bit of news uh, from uh, Comic Con. Apparently, uh, the official Comic Con, the Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, more Doctor Who Lego Dimensions details have come out, along with an actual release date. Um, do you want the details on the game, or do you just want the date? Uh, just give me the date. Because there's some there's some cool details. Oh, in oh, here. oh, then give me the cool details. All twelve Doctors and the War Doctor are playable in the game. Only Capaldi's 12th Doctor will speak, presumably cutscenes, but they don't know for sure. When playing as the Doctor, if you die, you will regenerate into the first Doctor, and then you can cycle through to whoever you're going to play as again. The TARDIS interior... Do you default back to one? You default back to one, because presumably you'll start off as Capaldi, because that's the adventure mode that they've set it up for. All right. I assume if you're playing as four and die, you'll regenerate as five, and it'll keep going I'd forward that way. way. That would, that would make sense. Or it's just going to go back to one every time. Uh, the TARDIS interior will change depending on which Doctor you're playing. Ooh. Uh, so, for example, as Hartnell, it's a black and white representation of the, of the Hartnell TARDIS. That's really cool. There is a jukebox in the TARDIS, which will allow you to choose which arrangement of the Doctor Who theme song you wish to hear. <laughs> the LEGO Dimension starter packs go on sale September 27th for $99.99. Starter pack Ooh. is, of course, a requirement before buying anything else. There are five starter packs available for Xbox One, 360, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and the Wii U. The Doctor Who level pack containing the 12th Doctor TARDIS and K9 does not go on sale until November 3rd, and it's $29.99. So it's not a starter pack. So it's not a starter pack. Now, I believe that there is still some story element within the main thread of yeah. the Dimensions game, but the Doctor Who... Separate stuff is going to be an add-on later. There's also a Doctor Who fun pack, which is going to contain a Dalek and a Cyberman that will go on sale January 19th, $14.99. And all five starter packs and the two Doctor Who packs can be pre-ordered. I'm kind of disappointed that Doctor Who's not part of the starter pack. Because I would just get that and I'd be done. Now i got to get a whole starter I, pack. I'm not disappointed because... The it's nice that it's an expansion to it, but as someone that doesn't want to delve into it too deeply and just play the Who stuff, that's a 
huge investment just to get to play that it is little a, bit it, of hoop. It is a huge investment. But here's here's where I'm looking at it is the with these details that have come out with the jute box and the changing That's of the title. Really they're cool. putting a lot of care and a lot of effort into this. This isn't going to be some fly by night. Uh, yeah, we referenced Doctor Who. Which I think the trailer kind of did a good job of representing that this is actually going to be a fairly major piece of this. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we don't know how much the Doctor, just based on that trailer, since you're dealing with Batman and Gandalf and, you know, in the TARDIS as well, I'm presuming that that's actually part of this story as well. It may not be. It may be the Doctor Who pack, but I kind of think the Doctor Who pack would be a completely separate add-on adventure later. So it's. I, I, would, I would think the stuff with. Gandalf and Batman wouldn't happen until you got the Doctor Who pack. Yeah, I think so. Like you don't act, you you don't access the Who stuff in the game until you buy the pack. I suppose that could be because that's how it is, kind of with Disney Infinity, right? Yeah, with the, you don't get the Spider-Man levels until you buy the Spider-Man pack. Yeah, correct, correct. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, because I mean, there's Who I, knows we how also going to do it. We also know that there's going to be a Back to the Future component to this, but I have yet to see any information on when the Back to the Future pack's coming out. Yeah. So it may be just a component of the game, or it may be something that you know they're. Going I think to, it's an individual package too. Yeah. So hard telling. But anyway, I, I I think there it strikes me as something that they're really taking a great amount yeah, of care like they're, they're, to they're to really invest in, and so I'm willing to pony up and try it out and see where we go with it. <laughs> I just don't know how, if I want to sink 130 bucks into a game just for one there aspect is of it. What's nice is, if I'm not mistaken, that $99, which is which is high for a starter pack, but in sept- at the end of September, I don't believe will clash with my purchase of the Infinity 3.0 <laughs> so that I can get all the Star Wars figures. <laughs> and did you happen to see, Glenn, that they're doing like three different starter packs for that? Mm-hmm. That there's going to be a, a classic series and a prequel series and a Clone Wars yep. set? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool and odd at the same time. I'll, of course, be purchasing the classic one and then going back and filling in. But <laughs> Although I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm really, I'm enjoying Clone Wars. Much more than I really thought I would to Me start too. with. Me too. So, but there's that. That's it for news. Right? There's no more? There's no more news. <laughs> no more news. <laughs> Ever. All right, should we move on to our Doctor Who? Legacy tip of the week. We haven't done it for so long. I thought, <laughs> I thought he said legacy. Right. <clears throat> this week's tip nope. comes from <laughs> Rachel. And Rachel writes, hello, Vortex Gang. Rachel here with a DWL tip for y'all. My tip is this. Set the game down and step away for a while. Now, before you start protesting, hear me out. I'm all for checking in each day to get your bonus, but after that, don't play. I just started playing again after several months, and it was like a whole new experience. I had found myself getting frustrated not getting characters or costume drops and lose, and losing the same level over and over again. And even fragment farming and leveling up teams got boring for after a while. But now that I've been away from the game, I find myself refreshed and ready to tackle it with renewed energy. Rachel. Rachel, that's, that's a, a good, good idea. Because sometimes you can, with games, you can suffer from burnout, and a lot of times we get something and we're super, super excited about it, and then you just kind of immerse yourself in the game, and it's kind of nice to be able to put it down, step away, and kind of re 
experience or, or rediscover the game. I remember when I was stuck, I put it down for a while. And when I picked it back up, I think that's when they added Chapter 4. Uh, I'm still not at Chapter 4. But I was able to progress <laughs> further in Chapter 3 because I, I kind of stepped away and brought, came back to it. And it helped uh, me get back into the game and get better at it, actually. And if you're going to take a break, now's probably not a bad time to do it because we are on the cusp of the release of 3.0. Yep. Which is... Uh, a few uh, weeks away. Uh, just is a few weeks. Yep. I say I'm waiting for mine to boot up here, and it gives me that little August. fun message at the beginning. Well, it is sometime and, and, in and very soon we'll be getting um, new content every week for Series 9, too. So, so it'll be time to reimmerse ourselves in it again. Yeah, hey, you want to be there then? I'm at your Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. Thank you, Rachel, for that tip. It's really hard on my throat to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do it. <laughs> no, you have to do it. Uh, you you have, have to do it. it. You have to do it. And It's difficult to get that echo and reverb back there. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. It's... Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no feedback this week. Well, nobody else went to uh, nobody else went to Kansas KC City Comic Con. Well, somebody else did, and he sent something in, but it wasn't for feedback. All right. <laughs> I got to bump into Kirk. Oh, did you? Yeah, I uh, we bumped into them on the floor of the con and stood and talked to them for a while. Uh, actually, we took my mom this time, and this is her first comic book convention ever. So she kind of wanted to go to Planet Comic Con, and I was like, well, I'm going to be awfully busy. I'm not going to be able to spend time with you there. So she decided that, well, this one in Kansas City would be a good one to go to. So she came along, and so we got to stand there and talk to uh, Kirk and Kelly a little bit on the convention floor. <laughs> and Kirk, I think, I don't, know, I don't know if he scared Mom or just caught her by surprise, but... He knew about her who experience. She didn't realize <laughs> I had talked about her progress on the podcast. And so he was rattling off details. And she was kind of like, well, yes, 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 that's true. <laughs> Which was rather fun. <laughs> so I went on Saturday. Sean, you went on Sunday. I went on Sunday, okay. yeah. So uh, we got down there at about 10.30, quarter to 11. Got in there. Bought tickets really easy, went upstairs and walked the floor mostly. Uh, some good Who representation, lots of Who merchandise on the floors. Some good uh, cosplays as always. Uh, saw one guy dressed up as the 11th Doctor with the purple outfit, minus the waistcoat. I thought that was a nice, different. So it was kind of a journey to the center of the TARDIS outfit. With the vest. Okay, yeah, and, just the vest, yeah. 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 It would be a cool one. Yeah, I don't he, see, you he don't see many of that. Really good. That. You don't see a lot of people doing the purple outfit because yeah, it's hard really to do. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was a nice. It was a nice con. Um, the floor was a little bit was a little bit smaller than Planet Comic Con last year, so mm-hmm. it, there was lots of room for it to expand. Uh, and then we went to we walked the, we pretty much walked the floor. Uh, we say de- you say the floor. You mean the dealer floor? Yeah, the dealer's floor. Um, did that, and we probably even stopping to talk to Kirk and Kelly for about ten minutes. Uh, we got done with that and went and sat down to have a little snack before Colin's panel at two. 
And so that was about 1.15 by the time we got done walking the floor. So there was lots of stuff to look at. Um, found a few things that we liked. Um, nothing uh, too much of no nothing who related that we purchased uh mom was really impressed by all of it she didn't went into it with kind of no expectations didn't know what to think and was thoroughly impressed by it and all the different stuff and she loves seeing all the costumes and uh the captain jack guy she's a huge johnny depp fan so she enjoyed that and the picture with the tardis and she thought after the fact she was like we should have taken a picture of me doing something this uh uh, making a face or something at the Red Dalek because I've stated before how much she hates Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> she she kind of just ignored that part of it. And in fact, it was in there for the panel. Uh, like you, If you saw the picture, of, uh, the group picture of Kirk and Kelly, um, about near the end of the panel, she looked over and saw it there and was like, was that Dalek been there the whole time? I was like, yeah, it's been there. She was like, oh, well. Huh. Uh, but Colin's panel was... It was really enjoyable. Uh, the room was probably about a quarter full, unfortunately. And and this convention, it did a lot of great stuff, but there was some stuff like panels that I felt things weren't advertised well enough. There were no programs, so we didn't. You had to go online uh, to see when your panel is, and depending on your phone, you might not have good cell reception or good 4G signal in that in that area. Was it Bartle Hall? It's it was Bartle, Bartle Hall, Hall yeah. Uh, and then, they and so instead of having uh, programs, they had big maps on easels at several different points where you could see where the, the, how the floor is laid out and then a directory next to it. But I never saw anywhere on there where the panel rooms are were. And they would make announcements over the APA. This panel is going to be starting very soon. And the guy who did the announcements did a great job. You could hear him and understand what he said really well. We commented on that Sunday. We wondered if it was the significantly fewer number of people in the building that maybe was, enabled that or if it was just something that they have worked on. And They, they just worked and, on it and they and, could hear it really well. Yeah, you, you could definitely hear the announcements, which was and a, it a was great a, change. It was pretty busy. I mean, I would... I would equate it somewhere between Saturday and Sunday of Planet Comic Con last year. Uh, I, w- I don't want to. This was their Saturday. Yeah. I don't want to equate their. Put it between Saturday and Sunday of this year for Planet Comic Con. So I'm, I'm meaning the first year at Bartle Hall. Because Stephen Amell made the Sunday so abnormal. Yeah. And so many more people that it's not disproportionate. It was a little less than the Sunday this year at Planet Comic Con for crowds on Saturday while we were there. Last year. This year. Planet Comic Con this year. In 2015. With Stephen Amell. Yeah. Okay. When, I, when I say last year, I mean the first year it was at Bartle Hall. Okay. So it was... that makes sense? The Star Trek one. Right. It was closer... Closer to their Sunday. A little bit bigger than their Sunday, but in, not in, as big as this year's Sunday. I now yes, I follow you. Yes. Okay, I got you. So, but the, I apologize. This is only meaningful <laughs> if you've been to one of these cons, and you know. Well, we've the, talked the, about how big we, the yeah. crowds were the last two years. So, if 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 you remember those conversations, you'll have some uh, grasp of how it was. Uh, I did like how they set up some of the floor. Um, and previous years, Planet Comic Con had kind of ended the lines of booths with the celebrity tables 
parallel with the booths. Okay. These put the celebrity panels perpendicular. So there's this big open area with tables and seating where you can eat. And then the celebrities were on the right side. And then cosplay area was on the left side. Okay. So I kind of liked how that was laid out because there was plenty of room to see. You didn't have a lot of, of course, there weren't a lot of lines when I were there for the celebrities snaking around and the issues that Planet Comic Con has had. Uh, so I, I think that was a good thing they did. But as going back to the panels, there was no good advertisement for the panels. And then they had celebrity or not celebrities, volunteers stationed at different places answering questions. So I was able to ask somebody, is Colin's panel down this way? She says, yes, it's a big, big ballroom. And then when you get up closer to the room, there's a chalkboard with, People wrote on, okay, this at this time, this person, this time, this person. So it was labeled, but it wasn't very – it wasn't as advertised as it could have been. And I think that's why Colin's panel was so sparsely attended because Ma- uh, Mano Bennett was before Colin. So we caught the tail end of his, and then there wasn't a whole lot more in his panel than there were in Colin's. Okay. So And he's a pretty big deal right now between yeah, Arrow and – Yeah, I would and, think so. Yeah. I don't know how big Sean Astin's panel was. Or any of the other ones, because we only went to those two, or the latter half of the one and, and, and the other one. So, um, I don't know if it made an impact on the other panels. And I would imagine that even smaller panels, unless you were really keyed in and involved in the social media aspect or really scouted it out online to plan your convention, would make it to those smaller pa- panels, the ones in the downstairs rooms. Mm-hmm. That being said, Colin's panel was delightful. He was he was rather charming. Almost came off a little grumpy and a little bit a, a little sarcastic. Not a little bit. He was quite sarcastic through some of it. But he told some great stories, uh, including about how he had a bit of a musical theater background. He did some Gilbert and Sullivan musicals previously. <laughs> I was kind of railing in my head of, well, talk about Doctor Who and the... Pirates or whatever that one was called, and they didn't. Uh, the, the one downside of the panel was the moderator didn't seem quite as prepared as he should have been. I know we've been there, but we weren't, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't prepared, but I like to think that we had a decent knowledge of who we were doing a panel for, and at least two wise, knowing their resume and what they've done, at least on the show, on, in context, that we could... Fake it enough, like Colin, like like Simon. We had no preparation for Simon, but I think that went off pretty well, and it was a very enjoyable because we know enough about Simon's stuff outside of who. Right. So there was a little bit of that, and Kirk was very nice and did turn to me and say, "I wish you guys were up there moderating this panel." Aww. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, which that was nice too because we were able to sit right behind Kirk and Kelly in the panel, so we kind of got to sit together and. And talk after the panel and before the panel. Um, surprisingly, they didn't, which I was very grateful for, they didn't talk a lot about the recent Doctor Who magazine article or the, the same topic that always gets brought up. Uh, I tried to tweet out some stuff that was really uh, memorable. Like somebody asked him in the audience, uh, do you like... The Wizard of Oz? No. Do you like Sherlock Holmes and... Uh, Harry Potter, and he admitted how he had never, he'd only seen one episode of uh, Sherlock, and that's the one where they throw him off a building. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he's a huge, he's a big, he's a big uh, Harry Potter fan. 
and he thought he should have played Dumbledore. <laughs> I can't imagine that casting, but it would have been very enjoyable. <laughs> Uh, certainly would have given us a little more material to work with for Beyond the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he did talk – he talked uh, about the Five-ish Doctors reboot and how that started and um, kind of told the story of Peter Davison. That he <laughs> kind of went to further depth than he probably should have on the origin of the Five-ish Doctors and how it started of Peter's video to Galley and that kind of gave him the bug and um, – how it was enjoyable, but it wasn't a laugh a minute because, you know, we were still working. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and then there were audience questions and some some standards you would expect. Uh, what's your favorite mon- – or what's your favorite story? And he doesn't have one from his era because uh, he can't think – He they all kind of blur together for him. But then somebody did ask him, what monster would you want to – what – out of all of Doctor Who, what monster would you want to go up against? And he kind of pointed out some new series monsters and then gave a nice plug for the big finish line that he's going to be doing with the Jadoon. So cool. that was a nice one. It was an enjoyable uh, panel. I liked it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the one at Time Eddie, too. Uh, I, th- I think he does a great job and is very entertaining. My mom enjoyed the panel. Um, she's only seen the... The one. Which yeah. which one? I forget now. Was um, it? It wasn't Attack of the Cybermen. It was no. Because uh, you wanted to watch a Cyberman story. I think it was Vengeance on Barrows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was the one she watched. And even when she watched the Five-ish Doctors, it took her a little bit to recognize who it was because how different he looks now. And even and she doesn't know his run enough to recognize the voice instantaneously right. um, because she'd only seen the one. So, but she really enjoyed the panel and thought. He was very uh, entertaining. Oh, good. I think she would have really loved Sylvester's panel last year. Oh, gosh, yeah. Especially since she has gone on and watched multiple Sylvester stories outside of the ones I told her to watch. So hopefully I can get her to a convention where Sylvester's at. I'm still having issues with (laughs) reconciling your mom and watching Sylvester McCoy era. I mean, not that that this is cool. You know, it's so cool. But just... These two don't fit together. <laughs> That's not yeah. the error. I expected the black and white error, her to love, but no. And yeah, one of the things mom commented on of there was a lot of costumes that kind of went over her head, and she was just kind of like, wow, that's cool, and I don't get the reference at all. <laughs> how was your, how was your, con- after that, we left. We went and got Fazoli's and uh, came on back. We had, um, of course, as I said, Mel was at her, her uh, uh, training uh, retreat uh, this weekend. So we went down and joined her Saturday after I got off work. And then um, we wound up staying up pretty late with uh, with the ladies there. They had a, a bunch of different event things scheduled. Um, I had a little scavenger hunt type thing out at Legends and whatnot and then came back. And I was kind of surprised the training ran till midnight. And mm-hmm. Normally you go to a retreat, something like that. It's like you start like at nine and you know, you're off by five. And then you go have dinner or something. That's all the way till midnight. Like, okay, um, but we stayed up late with the ladies and played some card, cards against humanity and stuff, and crashed and got up the next day and got to the con. I want to say we were there about twelve thirty, which had opened at ten, and so we kind of missed that. I planned that on purpose, kind of planning that we were going to miss Avoid that initial line. rush yeah, line. That's why we got there. because the doors opened at ten on Saturday, so that's why we got there ten thirty, ten forty five. 
and um, kind of the same deal. Just walked right in, bought her tickets, went right upstairs uh, to the Bartle Hall area. And I like the uh, – they had very nice badges. They did, and apparently that's where they spent all their money. <laughs> the, 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 the badge lanyard was really – I have it downstairs. It's, it's a high-quality, nice – it's a plastic vinyl kind of thing, and it's got the big logo on it and the hours and everything it's, it's on it. It's even a little higher quality than the Planet Comic Con ones. No offense, but those, yeah. Those bents – at times. I, yeah. Mine's bent a little bit and it has a cre- slight crease in it. There's no way you could bend this. Now, they were cheap lanyards, but the, the badge itself was nice. But I think that's where they spent the money because there were no programs. We saw nothing as far as a – and it didn't dawn on me until Mel said, I don't know when anything's happening. And I went, oh, yeah, we don't have a – there's no – so we went to the map to find out. Yeah. And it's it's just a map. It's just a location guide to show you this of, is where things are vendor. at. Room, right? Yeah, well, I, it, it I did had. Not, did it have a? No, yeah. If, if if it had anything on the panels, it didn't say anything about okay. them. It was just the just that one room. So it had yeah. the vendors and the celebrities, but that was it. And um, so we decided, well, let's go ahead and knock out our autographs first because we had a pretty set list of you know who we were going for. And so we went over to uh, uh, and, and just kind of knowing Bartle Hall and how you know well if I was in charge and I was setting up a con you worked up this escalator, I'd put the celebrities as far away from it as possible. So they must be in that back <laughs> corner. So we went back there and lo and behold, that's where they were at. Um, but we, I think we only waited. I mean, there was only one person in line initially for uh, Rick Howland, who's from lost girl, uh, who is just a show that Mel watches quite a bit of, and she's a big fan of. So we didn't have to wait long for his autograph. He was delightful. We got to talk with him for a few minutes. Um, and then we went over to Pam Greer and she was an absolute hoot. She is great. And still looks good for the 67 years of age that she claims to be. I don't think she, I think she's younger than that, but she says I could Google it and find out. I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, um, so we got Pam, uh, Pam's autograph and then, uh, went over and, uh, the long one <laughs> was Sean Aston, And I think we waited maybe 10 minutes for his autograph, um, again, they kind of took a page, I think out of planet comic con's book with the tape lines on the floor and, you know, or not, uh, as you said, uh, Planet uh, Comic Con did that a little Well, they did this year, Wizard but you used Wizard World is yeah, where you said you saw that. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, his line, some of them didn't have them. Yeah. His line had them where you had to, you know, snake up. But I mean, again, 10 minutes, it wasn't, wasn't a, wasn't a long wait for it. And in general, I just, I, for Sunday, there were not, I, I would equate Sunday to, Two years ago, Planet Comic Con Friday, maybe mm. it was really sparse population wise. Apparently, Friday was really sparse. I don't, I didn't hear in comparison to Sunday. Yeah, um, there were not a lot of people there. In fact, there really wasn't even much cosplay. Um, we saw a couple of like um, there was a, a really good Magneto, and I think it was a Psylocke. I'm not. I'm a little fuzzy on some of my Marvel uh, characters. I saw. A Pokemon group where there was an Ash and and um, whoever the chick is and, and and some of those, and that was really about it. I, I didn't see much in the way else of, of cosplay. So I don't know if everybody just kind of you know did it on Saturday, shot everything on Friday well, and Saturday, and long done. line for the costume contest. So there was a lot on Saturday. Yeah, so I, I, that's just kind of what I figured is by Sunday everybody was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kind of. But um, I agree with you. I think I think the layout was was really nice, and um, you know it was kind of nice in a way. I, I don't mean this to sound negative toward the convention, but it was kind of nice in a way that there weren't so many people there. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it, it, it a just less made an, a, experience. Yeah, it just made for such a nice change of pace from from what we've been to in that building before. 
um, and the crushing crowds and everything. So then we kind of wandered around the, 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 uh, floor just a little bit. And, um, uh, we bumped into Ari, who's one of Mel's artists. And, and she was talking about how Pam Greer was one of her inspirations. And she'd drawn this fantastic Pam Greer thing. We we're like, would well, you take it over to her? And she's like, no, cause Ari's really like bottled up, closeted, shy, just, oh. just can't. <laughs> and Mel's like, well, come on, grab it. We're going to go over there now. No, I can't, I can't. I can't. So, yeah, come on. <laughs> so we walked her over so that she'd go talk to Pam Greer and she and Pam Greer talked for 20 minutes. They just, you know, That's Pam was f- just floored and just, Oh, this is so cool. You drew this and you know, everything like that. And then, you know, she asked her, she says, well, did you want me to sign it? And I was like, <laughs> would you? <laughs> well, yeah. So she signed it and she's, or were you giving this to me? She goes, I'll go get another one. So we ran back to the table and got another one and brought her back over so that she could, you know, actually give one to, you know, to Pam Greer. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But, so she was so funny. And then um, kind of the same deal. I didn't see much in the way. There, there, there were different. I didn't see a big Who representation merchandise-wise. There was, but there was a lot of little stuff at a lot of different tables. Well, there was the one sense. booth that had a lot. And I think it's the same booth that was at British Fest. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then Charity was there with Wants. And had the pop figures, and apparently she said they. I didn't talk to her. I talked to her husband. I think it's her husband. Uh, and I didn't see that booth. He said they had sold that. They had the the TARDIS pop figure oh, okay. of the TARDIS I did itself. See that. I did stop and look at that. And one. apparently they blew through the entire caseload of however many they'd gotten. They, they, <laughs> he said we just we can't keep them. They're gone. Oh. They're all gone. And I was like, I don't have the TARDIS yet. That's nice. It's a really cool looking one. I don't have it. I hadn't seen most of the uh, Who pop figures in person before. So it was kind of nice to see a lot of those and some yeah. of the variations too. We've got I've some seen of them, them online, work, but, but I didn't yeah. see them in person either. Well, I can go get one. I, I have two if you want to see them. But which two did you get? I got the um, the Barnes and Noble exclusive uh, Force Doctor. Oh, I okay. saw. I that. think I knew that I one that. because that's the the Comic Con variant from from because uh, he's got the, the bag of jelly babies. Oh, okay. So that's the only difference there. And then I picked up uh, the Dalek from work because yeah, it's a Dalek. Oh. It was after the antipodes. I was like, I don't know about that. Dalek, I want. But then, uh, you know, Mel kind of looked at me. I was like, you're not buying any more, right? And it's like, I'll buy the TARDIS and then I'm done. I'm not going to buy all the doctors and all the things. Because we're already getting the Titan minifigs. And we're, you know, yeah. I can't get into another line of they're going to give me 15 villains and 17 doctors. And just, I can't do it. But, um, yeah, we didn't wind up hitting a panel or anything. Um but then on one of the trips back and forth with Ari, I said, well, I'm going to stop over and see Colin real quick. And, you know, uh, talked with him for just a moment and said, you know, we've got the pleasure of meeting you at Galley and we're, you know, uh, part of the Traveling the Vortex podcast. We're going to be, you know, very much looking forward to seeing you down at Time Editing. And he says, oh, that's the one in Wichita. I said, yeah, it's coming up next month. And he says, yeah, or October. And uh, he, he seemed, you know, pretty jazzed about it. Um, he seemed a little disappointed in the attendance. At, at this one, just because it was such a slower, slower paced, yeah. and, and like you said, if you know things were not promoted quite as well as they maybe could have been on the inside, that you know those panels would have been fuller. Yeah. I agree with you there, because um, we sure didn't see anything that indicated when or where. I mean, again, knowing the layout is like, well, I bet the panels oh, were yeah. over there. Yeah, but, I, and that's the only reason we went that direction was because, well, I, I know this building; that's probably where they're at. Um. But again, he he seemed pretty 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 cool about things, and we told him that we just watched him in the, the the White Iris, the Star Trek Continues episode, and he laughed and said that uh, uh, 
uh, he got a, a message from Vic and a copy of the episode, and he hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> he's just, just been he's just been busy, so it's apparently sitting there waiting for him all queued up. But, he did but, also talk a little bit about some upcoming projects, which he's going to be in a movie. So maybe we can do another Beyond the Doctor, where he plays a demon. Ooh. That's been ta- a person who's been taken over by a demon. Oh, and then that sounds intriguing. It's it's like a horror comedy, and he wanted to do a horror film to try to get over his fear of horror movies. So, and then he transforms, and they do the makeup on him. So interesting. He, he goes all demon and gets the prosthetics and everything on it. So, I wonder if he's wearing Crocs. Probably. <laughs> and then I, th- I think he has an additional one. He's yet to film. No, no that was the one he has yet to film. Yeah. There he talked about another one he recently did, including the uh, Christmas Carol stuff. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just had a, a nice little brief talk with him and, you know, thanked him for coming and told him how much we were enjoying his work and Big Finish with Evelyn and that, you know, just... I was, I, was, I was trying to build him up. I was trying to give him a little, you know... I didn't come out we and like say you. it that, you know, don't think about that poll. No. <laughs> we love you. I didn't come out and say that, but I was trying to impart on him that, you know, dude, you are he, loved. We, you know, we want you he to... He did touch on it a little bit, how it... Um, Seeing his stories at the bottom of the list are kind of like, ah. And he doesn't like to pick favorites out of his era because then he doesn't want the writers to think, oh, he didn't pick my story. That seems fair. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So that's a big reason why he doesn't like to pick favorites, too. When you do a best of list with a finite number of things, it's like, okay, that's unfair. Yeah. Because you know, you're, you're automatically you're ranking somebody at the bottom. Even if, even if you love all of them, you're putting somebody at the bottom. That's just not cool. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, we didn't really hang out too long. We kind of saw everything that we wanted to see. I think we may only have spent three hours, maybe four, uh, total at the con. Oh, the other thing I, I ran over to, um, oh, what's his name? Scott Aaron, James Aaron, the guy that's currently writing the new Marvel Star Wars line. Oh yeah. And I got my issue number one signed and put it in the baggie and put it in the frame and it's already hanging on the wall, which ironically downstairs in the basement, the ones that are hanging on the wall are much safer than the ones that were on the floor. <laughs> Thank God for bags and boards is all I have to say. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a good time. I think the bottom line of the convention, if they do it again next year, uh, there are some things to improve on. They should push it since planet comic con is in May. I think they need to push it further in the year. To have so it's not May and August so close together. I think it helps having March and August they're a bit further apart. And it for me, it's going to depend on guests in the future. Mm-hmm. I, unlike Planet Comic Con, where I will go no matter what, no matter who the guests are, because there are years I've gone that I didn't get autographs, and I've still enjoyed the experience. This is going to be guest dependent because, yeah. unfortunately, due to the nature of conventions. It's a lot of the same vendors and a lot of the same artists. So you see a lot of the same stuff. That's why granted, we didn't spend as much time wandering. Granted, they, some of them have some new stuff, like uh, Loki, Sarah's Loki print, the artist who did that. We got Mike, a Captain America print of him in Winter Soldier outfit, which he didn't have at Planet Comic Con. So there is new stuff, but the likelihood that that's going to be at Planet Comic Con next year. So it's kind of weighing options. And so it's going to be totally guest dependent. For the future of this con, for me at least. Yeah, and you know, well, certainly well, maybe our involvement too. Yeah. <laughs> we thing. also have to keep in mind that this is year one for this. Yeah, so a and lot of times is... year one is that that you know 
growing pains and and, and from what I've seen, it's very small growing pains and learning curves from year one. Oh, that's um, good. There, there's improvements, but as far as a first year convention, as far from what I can tell, it was pretty successful. I think it was very smoothly run, yeah. with, with the exception of the panel information. I think, like you, you know, the rest very of it, smoothly yeah. run for being a first year. Being able to take whatever lessons they've learned from other cons and borrow them and apply to them to this, I think they did a fantastic job with that. And I hope that they did well enough to come back next year yeah. and have a second year at it. I would agree. All right, Sean, what we got coming up on the schedule? Coming up next on the schedule, uh, we are doing for Friday Night Who this week, which is a scant, what, three days away? <laughs> <laughs> Partners in Crime with... Uh, Donna and the Doctor and uh, Adipose and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then uh, because we've already reviewed that one, our podcast next week is going to be covering Titans Doctor Who Comics Day, which is next weekend. And so we're going to be uh, you know covering some spin on that. Hopefully we'll find some local events. I still haven't heard if we're doing anything or not at Vintage Talk, but hopefully we'll find something somewhere that's uh, doing some stuff for that. But we're also going to be uh, reviewing some uh, comic books from Titan. And I think we've decided for sure what we're going to do, or are we still... Yep. Okay. So, from the 10th Doctor line, we're going to do issue ten, issue number 10 of the 10. We're not going to do anything beyond that because it's part of an arc that hasn't finished up yet. So, we're going to wait, and we'll, we'll come back and do those again. So, you get one 10th Doctor comic. We're going to do 11 through 15, which will finish out, finish out the first year of the 11th Doctor. And then we're going to do 6 through 10 of the 12th Doctor, which is everything that's out up to this point. And we're still holding off on 9 because, again, that's a mini-series and we're going to wait until that's all wait for conclusion, on, conclusion that. on that so we can tackle that all at once. Yes, Keith? You missed one. I missed one. The four Doctors. Oh, the yeah. Whole we're reason gonna... for Doctor <laughs> Who Day. Well, the, the, the whole reason for Doctor Who Day. The Paul Cornell scripted four Doctors, which is uh, 10, 11, 12, and the War Doctor coming together. And the first yes. issue of that hits stands... Tomorrow. Well, today now. Today now. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it stands today, so go get it. <laughs> I should have brought your stuff. I didn't, I didn't go pick it up, it. and uh, we'll be reading that as well. So that's that. The rest of the schedule will be posted tonight or today, uh, so you can go to our website and check it out. Some good stuff coming up. Very good. And as Excellent. usual, please support us on Patreon and uh, all of our merchandise on our website. You can find that at www.travelingthevortex.com, as usual. Thank you to any new listeners this week, and uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those other fine places. Tumblr, Doctor Who Book, book Club. I'm sorry, Traveling Vortex Book Club on Goodreads. And uh, there, did we miss an announcement? We did, didn't we? We do a new book announcement. We, we did that last week. Oh, did we? Okay, week. okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. good. That was part of the. Sorry, uh, Holly. <laughs> um, part of her feedback. Part of feedback. It was part week. of her feedback. Actually. And it wasn't Holly. It was. Um, that Holly, uh, I think it was, was, Holly. It was Holly? Holly's one. Oh who's, yeah, has been yeah, Holly, not the, Chrissy. Got yeah, it. She's, got been, it, got it, got it. she's been facilitating. You're right. Polls, it was Holly. And, yeah. And, that, those and there's all that good stuff. So that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.